Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for April 23rd, 2018. And we have uh, an eight-game slate. There are a couple of expensive pitching options. There are a lot of bad, shitty, cheap pitchers, a lot of offenses in good spots. So starting off, Garrett Cole, 12600 Carlos Grasco, 11700 These guys are both really expensive. What do you make of them, Matt? I think they're both usable, but we kind of talked about this briefly before we started. It's kind of just fair pricing. Like, I don't really have too much of an opinion on rostering Carrasco or Cole. Um, if I had to choose, I think Carrasco is the better play. Um, so I think Cole is a marginally better pitcher than Carlos Carrasco. He wasn't last year, but I think the improvements he's made with the Astros are tangible. His pitch mix is a lot different. Um, he's throwing different arm angles. His fastball's been getting way more swing and misses. But it's, it's a really tough matchup against the Angels. The Angels' offense is very good. Carrasco has a little bit easier of a matchup against the Orioles. Um, it's hard to say uh, home field advantage favors Cole here because Carrasco is so much better on the road. Um, but overall, I would say I don't have much interest in either. And if I had to choose, I would just lean towards Carrasco. Yeah, so to me, Garrett Cole is way too expensive. I'm not going to be rostering him. Carlos Carrasco at 11700 I think he's okay if I have the extra salary space to go up for. Uh, Corey Kluber kind of had a weird game against the Orioles today because the, the one thing that we've thought about the Orioles in the past is that, hey, they could hit some home runs, so it's a little risky taking picture, pitchers against them, except there's a lot of strikeout upside. And Corey Kluber just didn't get any strikeouts today, generated a ton of weak contact other than two solo home runs that he gave up to Manny Machado. I think those were the only two hard-hit balls of the entire start. And other than that, it was just a lot of weekly hit balls. So I wouldn't expect that to continue. The Orioles are going to strike out a lot this year. Carrasco, I think, is an okay target to pay up for. Once again, for his salary, I agree with you. I don't think that he's the best option. No interest in Cole for me. Uh, Going down the pitching options, I think uh, Tanaka makes sense to 8,800. It's definitely a risky play, Tanaka, because he's overall not been great this year. But he's striking out over a hitter per inning. So for the price of 8800 I think there's a lot upside in Tanaka. That, he's very safe to get the win bonus. So what do you think of Tanaka at 8800 Yeah, Tanaka is probably, he definitely is my favorite pitcher in the expensive tier, if, if we're going to include him there. Um, he's probably my favorite pitcher of anyone that's priced over 7000 And I guess one more thing on Carrasco is that Jonathan Scope is still out for the Orioles, and that's that's a pretty decent boost in the matchup for Carrasco. Um, so there's one primary pitcher that I know we both like a lot that's cheaper, um, but I think Tanaka might just be in the mix for me with Carrasco and maybe even with Garrett Cole. Um, probably just Tanaka and Carrasco, though, because when we get to offenses, there are some cheap ones in pretty good spots, and we're just going to have salary left on the table. Um, I... I don't know that I want to just be all in on Tanaka, even though he is probably a really, really strong value. 8800 is just a little cheap for him. Home home, home game, so home field advantage. Um, and the Twins offense is a little bit scary with their home run upside from basically just Dozier. Well, Sano, and then they also have Logan Morrison now this year. Um, the Twins offense is going to be pretty boomer bust. So the upside's there for Tanaka. The downside is there. I think this could also be a game to maybe stack both sides of, or I guess use Tanaka or stack against him. Um, for the most part, though, I lean towards the Tanaka side of the game. Okay, so by far my favorite pitching option on the slate is Walker Bueller. He's 
one of the better prospects in baseball. Uh, he's the best pro- he's the best prospect in the Dodgers organization right now. Fangraphs has him ranked as number one in the Dodgers and 27th overall in baseball in terms of prospects. And the good thing about Bueller for DFS purposes, he strikes out a ton of guys. 11.08 strikeouts per nine in the minor league so far this year. Last year, 13.11 strikeouts per nine in AAA, 11.76 in AA, 14.88 strikeouts per nine in single A. Uh, his steamer projection is for 11.09 strikeouts per nine and a 3.15 ERA. That is a very favorable projection for a young pitcher. I, I don't think that he's going to be that good right off the bat, but for a matchup at home against the Marlins, I, I think that this is by far the best pitching value on the slate. The only possible concern is a pitch count for him because he's only gone a total of 13 innings and three minor league starts this year. But for thousands, All right, I just... think that Walker Bueller's an option, especially when there's senses to go up to. Yeah, the audio just cut for a second there, so I thought you were done talking. It's going to sound a little funky, but I think I got everything you're saying there. Um, Bueller at 6,200 with the strikeout upside. Yeah, uh, for sure the strongest play on the slate. And I think we should just look at this relative to what the other pitchers in that price range cost for this slate and what they usually are. Um, Bueller doesn't even need to be someone we consider as a good pitcher to be worth using in this matchup, I don't think. Like Mike Leak in Chicago... Matt Moore is priced ahead of him. Um, Tyler Skaggs is more expensive in Houston. Jake Odorizzi at the Yankees. Like These are some bad options and bad pitchers. Uh, Mike Leake is okay, I guess. But uh, these are some pretty bad pitchers that are priced around a guy who's at home against the Marlins. So even if we thought Bueller was just going to be below average and maybe pitch five or six innings, I would still want to pay 6200 for him. Um, and then you mentioned the strikeout numbers. Like Bueller could be a really, really good starting pitcher. Um, I think the numbers are a little skewed because he's made some of his appearances out of the bullpen, which um, allows him to throw harder, just um, not have to face hitters as many times through the order and get more strikeouts that way. But I still think Bueller's going to be a really good starting pitcher in the majors. He might be already, and it's an easy matchup at home against the Marlins. Um, do you think the Marlins' offense at this point is a decent amount or just like a tiny bit better than we thought before the year? Um, because I think that we might have underrated them a little. So we've got Justin Bohr there. I think Brian Anderson's a decent hitter. JT Realmuto is back, so that's boosted them uh, compared to when they were starting. Uh, Chad Wallach and Brian Holiday, I think, were the other catchers. Um, and Starlin Castro is a decent hitter. Derek Dietrich is good. So I, I think the Marlins are going to be one of the worst offensive teams in baseball, but I don't, I don't really think it's quite as easy of a matchup as the way that we painted it at the start of the season. Well, they have a 75 WRC plus so far this year, and they're striking out an above average rate. So I still think it's a pretty easy matchup. Yeah, well, I definitely think it's a, a very easy matchup, too. Um, they haven't had some of these guys for the whole season. Real Muto just started playing. Uh, definitely a plus matchup, no matter what. And even if, even if you only think the Marlins are the third or fourth or fifth worst hitting team in the league instead of the worst, um, I, I think using Bueller in virtually every lineup still makes sense anyway. So it's not really a debate that's worth having because uh, both of us are going to be pretty close to all-in on Bueller anyway. Yeah, the other pitcher who I think, for me at least, is worth mentioning that I like a little bit is Chris Stratton, who is at 6800 It's just a cheap price. He's been fairly decent this year. And I think that there's some interesting lineup construction options if you go with Stratton and Bueller together. And then you basically have 
close to unlimited salary with the offense to stack the Coors game or the Yankees against Jake Odorizzi. So transitioning into the offenses, uh, which offense on the slate do you think is the highest expected output? Because there's so many one, there's so many ones that are just in really strong spots. Yeah, I think it has to be the Rockies. It's a home game at Coors. Um, it's really hard to pick anyone else to score more runs. Like that game has an 11 over under. Uh, the Rockies are pretty big favorites. I do think that those lines overvalue them slightly, but it's not the Rockies by a ton because we've got the Padres also playing in that game. Uh, Brian Mitchell's bad, but Chad Bettis isn't particularly good either. Um, and the A's are facing Matt Moore in Texas. The Yankees are at home against Jake Odorizzi. So I, I'll say it's the Rockies, but there are a lot of offenses in really strong spots, even though there's only eight games. Like, I think there's a strong case to be made for five or six of these offenses. Um, so in terms of lineup construction, I think a pretty narrow pitching focus and then just mixing around these really, really good spots for offense. I think that's what I'm going to be doing mostly. Um, so mostly Tanaka and Bueller, a pitcher, and then just, I don't know, a few different offenses, but, uh, I guess you're going to have the same concern with the Rockies. They're just really expensive and it's probably better to stack another team and then just use Rockies as plugs. Does that, is that sort of align with what you're thinking? Well, the issue I have with the Rockies is always when they're at Coors Field is they have a shitty offense. They're actually last in the league in WRC Plus at 71 right now. It's just Coors Field is such a ridiculous effect that they put up a lot of big offensive games there to the point that some people think the Rockies have one of the best offenses in baseball. They don't. They have a bad offense. And they play in a really favorable hitter's part. So it's just – I don't know how to explain Coors Field other than annoying because – you have all of these guys who are really expensive. A lot of them are mediocre hitters who are going to be some of the highest scoring fantasy players this year. But the Rockies also put up a ton of duds at Coors Field for their prices because they're not a lot of great hitters on their team. Uh, the ones I feel the most comfortable with are Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman. It is worth stacking the Rockies, but I, I agree with you that I prefer to just use Blackman and Arenado as plugs. I think as of now, my favorite offense to stack is the Yankees. I think there's so much upside for them at home against Jake Odorizzi. Odorizzi on the surface doesn't look that bad this year because he's a 3.38 ERA, but still a 5.35 FIP, a 4.77 XFIP. He is an extreme fly ball pitcher. He gives up a lot of home runs. So put him in Yankee Stadium against that offense, and I think that there's potential for a lot of home runs. So not just a lot of runs, but I think the way that they're going to score runs is with home runs, which is obviously favorable for DFS. So which is your favorite team to stack, and do you feel similarly about the Yankees? I'm not sure from a stacking perspective, but I think my f three favorite players on the slate are Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and Gary Sanchez. Um, so I probably will have a lot of Yankees exposure. Because not only does Odorizzi have pretty extreme home road splits, and he's a lot worse on the road. This is a road game. Um, he's also a lot worse against righties. He's one of the biggest reverse splits pitchers, really, of all time. Um, the effect has been less, per I don't, do you still have Odorizzi stats in front of you? Cause I think last year he wasn't quite as extreme reverse splits wise, but still, um, somewhat reverse either way, judge Stanton and Sanchez at home against a fly ball pitcher. Who's not very good, uh, whether he's worse against righties or not. I mean, all of those are strong plays, but, uh, I probably prefer them all to Didi and to Gardner just because Odorizzi is generally worse against righties. Yeah, so the reason his splits weren't as extreme last year was just because he was really bad against lefties also. So last year, he allowed a 5.72 FIP to righties and a 5.03 FIP to lefties. So he's actually been like decent against lefties in the past. 
and he was just awful against lefties and righties last year. But he's always been bad against righties, so I guess that's that's the part that I'm more concerned with. It's not like I'm not going to use Didi Gregorius and Brett Gardner. Um, I'm just really going to be heavily targeting Judge Stanton and Sanchez. And I think Stanton the most because the whatever cold streak that he's had to start the year, um, I guess I'm not sure if you've noticed this too, that Aaron Judge usually has more ownership than Stanton. So if I'm looking for a plug from the Yankees, it's Stanton for that reason. But also, he's just a better hitter than Aaron Judge, and he's cheaper. Um, so Stanton is probably my favorite player on this slate, uh, even with there being a Coors game. Not to go too far off on a side thing, but are you sure that Judge is not a better... Are you sure that Stanton's a better hitter than Judge? Um, I guess I'm not 100% sure, but Stanton was Stanton's track record is just so much better than Judge's. I mean, the starts of the year for Judge has been better, but... Um, well, well here, here would be my counter to that. Aaron Judge's rookie year, which was last year, had a 173 WRC plus. Stanton has never had a 173 WRC plus, and Judge has started this year with a 202 WRC plus. Yeah, I guess I guess that's fair. I guess um, I also just don't buy Judge being quite that good because his minor league track record doesn't really support it, and he had he was a decent amount worse in the second half, or at least had stretches in the second half where he wasn't as good. Uh, maybe he's a better hitter than Stanton, but Stanton's still cheaper. So I. I I mean, I think you can lean towards Stanton for any of those reasons. Even if you think Judge is better than Stanton, Stanton should have less ownership and costs less. So I, I think whatever, take your pick. I think Stanton is the better play than Judge. Even if I like you, both of them a lot. Yeah, I certainly like both of them a lot too, and Gary Sanchez. Uh, it's usually hard to find catchers anyway. So for me, for lineup construction, I'm probably going to try to stack some of these other and cheaper teams and just plug in the Yankees as much as possible. Uh, plug in Arenado and Blackman somewhat, uh, but more of a focus on the Yankees. So the other teams I'm looking at, and I guess you just weigh in on what you think of these other offenses and tell me if I've missed any. I think it's Oakland, Texas, Seattle, and San Diego are the reasonably priced offenses that are worth targeting. Um, is that the same four you're looking at? And I guess how would you prioritize them? I don't really like San Diego that much. Uh, the I mean, I know that it's a game at Coors Field. The issue is looking at some of the pricing. Will Myers at forty seven hundred, uh, Jose Perella forty three hundred. Uh, they're more expensive than the Mariners, and not really that much cheaper than the Yankees either. They're a little bit cheaper, but it's not like it's not like the Yankees are unstackable that they're that expensive, and the Padres also just not a great offense. So. To me, just because I don't want to roster every single offense, I don't think the Padres make the cut for me. Um, my favorite cheap offense, though, or relatively cheap offense for the third consecutive slate is going to be the Mariners. Really good matchup for them in Chicago. Another hitter's park for them uh, against Miguel Gonzalez, who's been bad this year. And this is we've just seen this a lot recently where the Mariners are not getting priced up for favorable matchup and hitters parks and they've done well both those other matches up matchups against Bartolo Colon and the Martin Perez on Sunday so in terms of cheap offenses the Mariners are my favorite value how about for you yeah it's definitely the Mariners for me too um I do think I'll at least have some Padres exposure but yeah you're right there are so many choices here that kind of just spread yourself too thin if you try to get exposure to everyone um so if I had to rank those four teams I guess there are six offenses in good spots but I think for me, it's going to be Yankees more as plugs or stack them where they fit. Rockies definitely just as plugs. So of the other four teams, I think it goes Mariners. Rangers versus A's is tough 
Like, I think I probably side Rangers there as the second best cheap offense. Um, but it may not be necessary because the pitchers we like are cheap enough where we don't need that extreme of salary savings. So for that reason, it probably will be Rangers fourth, and then I'd prioritize Seattle first by a good amount, and then just Oakland and San Diego second. But I think the A's are probably my second favorite cheap cheap offense against Matt Moore. Uh, yeah, I think I'm going to be... Uh, I'm trying to think, because... I mean, it's, it's really far out, so I don't know. I, I think, actually, my priorities for stacking are Yankees, Mariners, and the Indians for me against Kevin Gaussman. Yeah, I mean... The Indians' offense compared to the A's' offense, I think it's pretty similar. And Gasman's bad, but he's not Matt Moore bad. I guess we we can argue that. But Texas versus Baltimore, comparable park factors. Um, and the A's are just a little bit cheaper than the Indians. Like Marcus Semyon leading off 3400 really brings down the price of the overall stack. Um, and then Chris Davis and Jed Lowry are the most expensive guys at 4600 The Indians have a few really expensive players. And then you also have the issue where Edwin Encarnacion and Yonder Alonso both play first base. So it's just kind of annoying to sack the Indians sometimes for that reason. I mean, yeah, it's a good spot for them too, but I don't know if I like them enough to use them over Oakland or over Seattle. Um, Oakland and the Yankees though, is the pri- or uh, Seattle and the Yankees is the priority two teams um, as the top two. I think we're on the same page there. It's just going to be a little bit different, which teams we're mixing in. Okay, so that is going to finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, G. Ehrenberg DFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at Preaching Sense, and we'll be back tomorrow.